Hello, hello. I'm excited for you guys to listen to today's podcast. This is, it's not really a mashup. It's basically two podcasts and one, uh, two episodes and one that deal with a couple of underlining topics that I think are really, really important, which is um, how men deal with confidence, uh, confidence issues and body image issues. And I just, this is something, again, it, it's, it's an underlying thing that isn't talked about as much. It is starting to get um, more awareness now, uh, and we cannot talk about it enough. And uh, of course, when we're talking about how guys deal with this, this is not taking away from what uh, what what anyone else deals with um, as far as their confidence and their body image. Uh, believe me, there, there's plenty of this stuff to go around. So I'm I'm hoping by listening to first the chat with uh, with Willie and Jack, that you're just going to get a couple of different perspectives on these things. Uh, and I do, of course, have their Instagram uh, handles linked up in the show notes. So go ahead, head over to their profile while, uh, while you're listening. If you're not connected with them, go ahead and uh, give them a follow. But definitely send them a message. Let them know uh, kind of your your thoughts on all this. And then after that chat with them, we're actually going to go right into uh, you, uh, we being you and me, are going to go right into an Almost Daily podcast episode that I put out actually a couple years ago. It was, it was December of 2018. Uh, and just really dealing with some, um, my, my experience with body dysmorphia and um, some some insecurity issues that I had, self-esteem, confidence, all that stuff. Uh, and really, uh, when I went back and um, and listened to this, because this was a topic that we covered on a live this past week on Instagram, that uh, and Ginger Snaps, thank you again for the the uh, topic suggestion on that. But uh, this was a a topic that we covered, and beforehand I wanted to go back and listen. Like I I just you know, but as I'm listening to this, I'm like this stuff it. I just, it was just, it was crazy. And I, I mentioned this in the conversation that I was having with Jack and Willie that like, as I was listening to that episode, like the feelings of not only how I felt earlier in life going through these things, but the feelings I had two years ago of recounting them all kind of came back. So, um, again, I, I think this is a, this is a topic that needs, um, as much coverage as we're able to give it. Uh, and really with the conversation that the three of us had yesterday, we, we definitely left it wide open, uh, because in closing, we, we touched on therapy. I, I didn't want, uh, I didn't want that just to be kind of like a topic on the first episode, because I, I honestly feel like we can talk about, um, the importance of therapy, uh, and then going off into this with guys, uh, that that's, that could be not only a whole podcast episode, but an entire podcast series. So, uh, we kind of left that, uh, it was, it was actually brought up by, uh, by both gentlemen towards the end. Uh, and, and that again, like that is something that we can just go off on, uh, separately. So who knows, maybe, uh, maybe we will, but I'm, I'm very excited for you guys to listen without further ado. Here's the chat with Jack and Willie. Guys, I have Jack and Willie with me today, and this is going to be a, a little bit of a, of a different podcast, more or less a roundtable, uh, talking about body image and confidence and issues that are, are tied to those two areas uh, from, a, from a guy's perspective. Now, uh, this is something that to me, I think we're going to find out that there's kind of some universal things here that are independent of gender. Uh, but with that, the, the first question that I really have for you guys is from a definition standpoint, what would your definition of confidence be? I'll let Jack go first. 
Oh, well, well thank you, good sir. <laughs> <laughs> so confidence in my book is kind of being proud and believing in yourself. So if I was to say I'm confident that I can go cook a dish, then I'm already proud of the fact that I know I can go into this and I know I can accomplish it. You know, it's the that I have the know-how and that I know that the outcome is going to be positive, at least. Maybe not stellar, but it's going to be positive. I have no doubt that I can go and complete the task. So in, in my mind, that's just a simple high-level definition of what confidence is. And you can apply that across the spectrum, essentially. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I... Okay. I'm gonna I'm Ready? gonna believe that his yeah. is pretty much like, his definition is pretty much the same with what I would say. I, I would think that if you came into any situation and you were confident, you were you believed that you could do anything that you wanted to do within reason. Um, you can't right. do anything where you're gonna it's illegal or anything like that. But like <laughs> uh, you can do whatever you want to do and 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 not have any kind of self doubt. I think self doubt is actually a a, a good. Uh, just kind of a good way to end that because I, I think that's that's what kind of gets kind of muddies our, our view of confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do you personally, where do you guys think uh, self-doubt comes from? Willie, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, I think a lot of self-doubt comes from, from just fear in general, just fear that you can't do something. Um, maybe you got it from somebody like, like a parent or like a guardian or a grandparent like, and they just kind of instill that you can't do certain things and, and you kind of believe that message. And mm-hmm. I think that, or, or a teacher or anything like that, like I think that comes from just, just anything that's been in your environment and your surroundings. And you just believe that like you can't do something. And it's, to me, it's interesting because you mentioned a parent, a guardian or a grandparent. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting that something that can be said to you at such a young age can still impact you as as you know a grown man and even on days like when you you think you're feeling really good about things that the day's going well you know you're having a really good run of stuff and then all of a sudden it may not even be sometimes something happens but it may not even be that it might just be a thought creep, creeps in and if you're not careful uh to me at least like you can just it can spiral yeah. like your, your entire mindset. I think a lot of that stuff, it, it happens when you like, I think I think I read and I, I, you know, I do research and all this kind of stuff, but like by the age of seven, you start to kind of develop that, that, that kind of stuff. Like it starts to sink in a lot more than when you were six, five or four. I think by the age of seven, you start to really, that stuff starts to sink in. So if you ever been told that you can't do something, then at the age of seven, you start believing it. And then it just becomes like just your, pretty much your kind of programming. Like it's, it's, that's what it's become. It's like whatever those words have been taught to you, like you start to believe them at that age. Yeah. Well, and, and that, so for you guys and, and Jack, you can lead us off here. Do you, if you have a, a memory that's kind of stuck with you, do you remember how old you were when, when that was spoken to you or you first thought it? Oh gosh. Um, hmm. I live in very from a young age, just simple things, you know, oh, I'm taller than you, so I can do this and you can't, or mm-hmm. I'm more in shape than you, so I can do this and you can't. And so <laughs> from a young age, you start to believe that. So when you're presented with that task or something similar to it, bam, there goes the self-doubt right there. Yeah. Well, and what is, 
now, so let's let's go to the other side of it because I I think your definition of confidence is it, it's you feel I mean you feel like you have the ability to do something and we're we're all kind of aware that you know typically when you start something new um, you're not going to ha- be confident about it that's just kind of how it is but if you've worked through a process and you've been able to develop confidence that does uh, that does as you said you know transition into other areas of life. Do you know something besides, um, you know, just kind of besides weight loss? Well, actually, something outside of weight, so- weight loss and something that you may not be well known for. Uh, Willie mentioned research, which you're known to be very thorough in your topic mm-hmm. selection and just uh, thoughtful in your conversations. Uh, Jack is known for your skills in the kitchen uh, and, and, and what you can do with coffee. Is there maybe an area where you're skilled that would folks would find kind of surprising? For me, and people that know me probably know, but math and science, like I am a math nerd. It's, mm-hmm. it's based, it's just, I was an engineer by education. So, I mean, I love math. So I, <laughs> when I'm out with my parents or something or Amanda or anybody, and I start just crunching numbers in my head, and I'm like, how did you do that? And I was like, it's second nature. So that type of thing, I'm a nerd at heart. Um, photography, I, I struggle with it because I'm critical of myself. But the amount mm-hmm. of people that have just said, wow, you have an eye for it and you capture great things, the self-doubt for me sets in. And it's just because it's uncomfortable. And when you have something that's uncomfortable out of your comfort zone, self-doubt, again, you can be confident that you can complete something, but still have the self-doubt just because it's something new. That's a good. That's actually a really good point to make because I, there's... I think that there's always these kind of blanket statements that once something is achieved, then this yeah. will happen or this won't happen. And yeah, your, your life is, is a constant, there's, there's constant thoughts, constant decisions. And just because you have the confidence to do something, the doubt's always going to be there. Um, when you, when you're dealing with, with doubt, how do you guys, process it is it and most of the time is it something that you can do relatively quickly or do you really like to take some time to yourself and really kind of examine why is it that you thought a certain thing or reacted a certain way um i i try not to sit on doubt too too long like i i, I kind of let it sit with me for a second and then just move mm-hmm. forward I'm in my head too much and then like it just becomes this thing that festers and festers and festers and then becomes this thing that's way bigger than it was supposed to be yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think awareness really, you know, helps with that because you're right. If you just sit on something and you're not, you kind of let your mind take over, it, it can absolutely get out of hand quickly. And Jack, what about you? How do you approach So that? just cause I'm so analytical and that can be bad or good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it depends on, so I, first I analyze the magnitude of what it is. So if it's me in the gym and I'm going to do some type of new exercise, then I have to do that quickly because it's like, hey, I'm not going to just back away and go walk away. But yeah. if it's something that is like an investment or if it's something like a bigger task that can impact other people or something with my livelihood, then I need to sit on that for a little bit and consider all aspects. And so that's the good or bad part. It can take some time, but I look at all angles so that I kind of know what I'm getting into going into it. So, and, and that's the other thing with your, with your background and being so analytical, I, I mean, it, it, do you, 
most situations in life are you analyzing in that way? I mean, is it a lot of evaluating risk and, you know, what's, what's the reward going to be here? What, what do I, you know, what are the possible outcomes? I mean, is that how you approach most things or are there also some things that you're just kind of looking at as they happen and, and you're kind of going with the flow? I'd probably say it's probably about a 70, 30 analyze versus spontaneous or, or okay. so, shall we say. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm similar to Jack. Like I analyze things, but I just don't sit on them too long because I know me. I will sit on them so long that yeah. I'll just it never it'll never get done. Right. I just sit on it until yeah. it's just like, oh, two years has gone by, and like, oh, I should have really done that thing, but I can do it now. But no, it's been two years. I can push it to three. And as far as timeframes to do things, um, do you feel in general that we have this extra pressure to get things done quickly or within a certain time frame? like just kind of the, the way that kind of, I guess, society expectations of us? Absolutely. It's, we're such yeah. a fast paced, like fast paced group of folks just in general across across the world. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. just it's expected. I mean, you have to kind of keep up. But if you can slow it down, give it some thought, then it can be beneficial to you so that you don't make those irrational decisions. But overall, absolutely. It's just you're tasked with going fast. Like everything's fast like now. Yeah. Like now, 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 now. But the thing is, like, is it really always needed right now? Is it now because you see other people doing it? And it's like, so for myself now. You know, if I don't do it now, do I start to doubt myself? Because why am I not doing it? But everybody else is. Right. And I think I think in certain situations, it, it kind of dictate that. I think if you're like um, people who buy the newest iPad every every year, like I, I feel like that's some that's more like instant gratification versus like they actually need right. it. Like it, I, I think certain things are are expected to go fast, and there are certain things that just like. When it comes to like buying things that you, just because it's the new shiny thing, I think a lot of people do that. Oh yeah, yep. Well, and and that actually, you know, you you mentioned kind of because everybody else does it, and um, Jack gave us the percentage breakdown, which I I love on analytical versus <laughs> uh, versus kind of uh, spontaneously. But I I think this is actually a good question too, which is you know how much. Uh, there's kind of this thing I, I feel as as guys and really individuals now where you you know you want to be unique you want to be different and admitting that you actually um, want to blend in with the crowd sometimes is almost kind of viewed as as I don't know if weakness is the right word but it's not you know it's it's not this characteristic that that we've all kind yeah. of been brought up in um, I would, but I would say for, for me, because I think we all play into this, like at sometimes you, you just want to blend in, you just want to fit in. Um, I would say while I, I like doing my own thing, I would say probably 15, maybe 20% of the time, you know, you, you just, it, it's easier to kind of look at what everybody else is doing and just kind of, you know, just kind of go with the flow. Um, do you guys, what, what kind of boats are you in with that? I tend to like to be myself and not do exactly what everyone is doing, but I don't mind. And here we go. I want to say analyzing, but I don't mind looking at what people are doing <laughs> just for inspiration or to get ideas or to see what's happening. Right. Because I think being aware of your surroundings and what is happening in whole helps you make a better decision in what you do. 
Yeah, I I have to agree with Jack. Like I, I've always tried to fit in. Like I've always been the the kid that was always trying to fit in. But now it's gotten to that point where I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't need to fit into every aspect of everybody's life. Like it, it, if it fits, it fits. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Absolutely. Like when I was younger, it was definitely like fit in. And now that I'm older, like it's like no, I don't want to fit in. I want to be me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and, and with that, because you'll always hear, you know, my gosh, looking back, I wish I could go and talk to the younger version of myself and tell them not to worry about what everybody thinks. Everybody's worried about their them, themselves. They're not even thinking about you. What specifically would you tell the younger, more um, self-conscious, wanting to fit in version of yourself um, after you've kind of gone through life a bit and, and have actually seen how some things play out? I would say to be you be proud of you and take chances like i feel like some of it was just kind of kind of stand the easy not the easy path but the safe path you know some of those risks are really worth it and then when you're younger you have the opportunity to take more risks because you can recover or the impact isn't as big as when you get older yeah i i've always just lived with this idea of that if I went back and changed something, I wouldn't be who I am now. So I, I really just don't. Right. I, I don't think about this stuff. Like everybody asks me that question about what would you go back and change that. I'm like, I don't think I would change anything because I wouldn't be who I am now if I did change any of that stuff. And it is kind of interesting because when I was asking that, I wasn't even necessarily thinking that anything else would would change. But I guess going back and, and thinking about childhood and teenage years that if if you handle these self-confidence issues then yeah a lot of things would be different i i I was just a a whole domino effect i uh i get it yeah yeah and it's well and and where do you guys and willie we'll start with you on this um regret how do you the the possibility of regret like how do you handle it is it something for me personally like that's my one i i would say fear is like i don't want to look back at the, the things that I'm, I'm working on and the things that I've done and be like, okay, you know, looking back, I wish that I had you know done this differently or that I had slowed down to do this. Uh, how, what's your thoughts on regret and does it really, how does it? I, I think that regret, absolutely it, it exists. But for me, I just, I try to live without regret. Like I try not to let it um, be the over or the overarching just factor in, in everything I do. Like I just do the things that I want to do. And I try not to like hold off on doing stuff that like really excites me. Like if it's just something I'm like, oh, that would be cool to do. But uh, if it's something that like really excites me and I'm just holding back because I, I think I'm not going to be able to do it, then I just go ahead and do it anyway. Yeah. Okay. Jack, so I used you? to live with regret or say that I regret not doing something, but probably the past know, three, four years, I kind of look at it as lessons. Like, what did I learn? Like, mm-hmm. What can I use from my past to apply now so that I don't make the same decisions and have that quote unquote regret? Like I try, I try and live by the principle: you can't keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. It sounds like, it sounds like you're more like you learn yeah. from like your past failures, like versus like that you learn from any kind of regret. Like you, you don't regret that you did those things. You you more have learned from what you've done and and you've taken that stuff and you've moved forward with it. Right. 
So let's, uh, so we'll get away from a little bit of the, the general stuff and focus more into the, the general stuff as far as, as confidence and get into uh, body image and really kind of the first thing. And Jack, we'll start with you on this. What do you think um, when, when we talk about body image, what do you, th- where do you think that comes from in a 2020 landscape? And then what types of what really plays into that? Like what kind of reinforces it? So from a more 2020 perspective, I feel like social media is huge for body image because you're presented with, yeah, this is what a woman should look like that is fit. This is what a man should look like that is fit. You have men and women on both sides. I only want a man with a beard and muscles and arms and abs. And then you have men. I want a woman with a big butt and big boobs and blah, 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 blah. And that's what you're presented with. And so that's what you think you have to chase. And that's what people go to the gym and I'm going to do a million squats so I can get a big butt. Or I'm going to do all these crunches so I can have ripped abs because that's what the woman or what the man wants. And it's, excuse my French, it's bullshit. It's crap. But we have to stop as as men or as a society in general of chasing that because it is dangerous and it is detrimental to your health. Now, from a, you know, where does it come from? I think some of it is rooted in childhood as well. You know, kids are cruel. Kids make fun of you. Um, I think family can be cruel as well. You know, hey, you're you're back from college. See you, gang. Freshman 15. Ha, ha, ha. Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing that has always gotten me, and, and I've always been a big guy, is when someone says, hey, big guy. Like, it's like, cool. Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's nice and it's fun or whatever, but you don't realize the psychological impact that that has. And it's, it's interesting, too, because, you know, I, I feel like when we say, okay, something that somebody would have said to you in childhood or as you were growing up, we think of people being deliberately mean. But then you also, there, there are things like the statement of big guy, like I, you hear that all the time and a lot of people i mean most people i think in general they they just they say it but yeah you're, you're right it still has the the same impact i mean it's yeah absolutely yeah i i i dealt with body image even from a young age like i got it from like family members i got it like really early like mm-hmm. i could probably be i was like four or five when i started getting it so i remember it like very early and that's where it comes from me. That's where it stems from. But also from like just movies and TV, like you saw like the the version of what a man is supposed to look like and, and um, just TV and, and stuff like that. And like, and then like Jack said, social media has really pushed that, that message still a little bit more because you see it constantly. And I, I just think that you get it from all different angles. Yeah, and, and I think an interesting thing uh, with mainstream media, social media now, but the traditional publications before that is yeah. the athlete's body. You know, ESPN oh, yep. does the body issue, and 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 for and uh, Sports Illustrated does the swimsuit issue and all that. And but see, the interesting thing for athletes, and they they do have finely tuned bodies, but I mean, they are literally performance yeah. tools. And when you see when when you see the physical representation of that, you know, you can't help. Uh, especially, you know, with everybody's individual history around uh, body image and weight loss and all that of kind of sizing yourself up, but you're literally comparing yourself to, for lack of a better word, Mm -hmm. like a machine, essentially, Um, you know, is 
how do you think we can actually break this where we're not really looking at the ideal air quote um, men's body, woman's body, you know, whatever, and just get people to accept is kind of the first step and then like, and eventually hopefully love the, the body that they have. I think it starts, starts with just being realistic. Like, Hey, you're not paid millions of dollars to go out on a football field or a basketball court or a soccer field or uh, cheerleading competition or a bikini contest. You're not paid to go do that stuff. You don't get to train yeah. all day with the most finely trained fitness enthusiasts and fitness instructors. And you don't have someone cooking for you the most optimal meals to nourish your body so that you can perform, perform at these levels. You are a hardworking badass that is going to work, taking care of your kids, working out, trying to balance everything, keep your mind straight. Like this is real life. Like you're not this, yeah. this image that you think that you should need to be. <laughs> like it's, it's not a fair comparison. And once we yeah. get out of that and realize like, Hey, you know what? I have a lot of other things going on over here. Like I have a lot to do. Like I don't get to just go work out for eight hours a day or whatever and have the hyperbaric chambers for recovery and whatnot. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Like it's, it's mind blowing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and they've they've actually, you know, you mentioned the chambers. I mean, they make this stuff available for purchase. But then again, you get into this whole thing and, and this plays into confidence and in, in uh, image issues. You know, you then have, um, you know, health and fitness is a is yeah. is a status thing. And, you know, can you can you buy the you know, can, can you buy this piece of equipment for recovery? Can you get this, you know, get the brand new workout mirror for, I think it's $1,500, you know, and, and like they just, it, it, it ends up becoming um, so much more. And I, I think the other part of it, and you mentioned how social media plays into this, when you're as involved in the fitness community on Instagram, as all of us are, it becomes normal that, you know, somebody's working out every day or they seem to be that somebody's getting a, a gallon or so of water every day and that they're eating the perfect macros and the perfect calorie and, and, you know, getting their weight watcher blue dot and basically hitting all the diets all at once uh, that you, you almost for, you know, you kind of forget that that's yeah. not life. That's what somebody is, is that that's a part of somebody's life. Um, but the thing that drives me crazy is when somebody does the side-by-side transformation and then they look at who they were before and they're, they're before picture the same person and they're just, they're, they're mean and nasty to them. And ultimately, I mean, a lot of times you had other things going on in your life, whether you were trying to advance a career, whether you're trying to get a degree, whether you were trying to start a family. I mean, there were so many other things going on that fitness was not yeah. the, the main priority at that time. No, I absolutely believe that. But, and, I, and, I, and I told you that yesterday in your live, you say, I was saying that yeah. uh, a lot of times that the, the the old you is the person that got you to where you are now. Like you're, it's the same exact person. It's just like they, yeah. they pull the trigger on, let's start this. Um, and, I, and I think a lot of people try to drown that old person out and be like, oh, this old person doesn't exist anymore. And this is the new me. And that's not, that's not 100% true. Like that person is still you. Like it's just a different version of you. Yeah. And, and I think it's, if you can start realizing that it's kind of just how you're evolving and how you're, you know, just, just how you're working through your life, then, you know, hopefully you can start to, to be a little bit 
softer on the memory of what you used to do, like what you used to be, because that person I, I've very rarely have I ever heard from anybody when you ask them, like, what were they doing before they started to lose weight? If they actually, if you have the conversation with them, very few people will just say, you know, I was just lazy, like eating whatever. That's, that's never the case. It's always that they were trying to balance things that on if, and when you hear somebody tell you their story, like you, you don't even know how they were able to keep everything together as well as they did for as long as they did, but they managed to get through. And to me, like, that's the, that's the type of stuff you should always be celebrating yourself for. Like you should be proud of for life because you were able to actually hang in and, and, you know, then get to the point where you could start things and, and improve not just in health and fitness. No, but I, I absolutely well. believe that. Cause I think that it gets to a point where like, if you're the, if you're at the start of this, this whole weight loss thing, like I'm, I'm talking about weight loss in general, but like, like at some point you had some kind of demons that you were trying to battle, like, and you were trying to like figure that out. Yeah. And also like, how are you going to move forward? And I think that that just happens. Uh, and a lot of people don't have the balance to do both. Like they had to figure out their demons first before they keep, can go in, you know, proceed forward. Yeah. There's a breaking yeah. point or, yeah. or something that just kind of clicks and it's like, Hey, yeah. You know, this is something I need to work on, or something I need to improve, or something I need to just kind of go after. I mean, there there has to be some type of, I don't know, it's just a moment, like an aha moment. Like, yeah, it's like I'm tired of this. Like, I'm tired. Like, I have to change, or I have to make an improvement for myself. Yeah, yeah, I, and I mean, I think, you know, I, I think when you get to that point, like it's it's good that you finally got there and then you're able to move forward. And that I think the other part is you just you have to remove all guilt from like, oh my, as we we're talking before. And you guys are saying, you know, you can't really live with regret. You can't beat yourself up that it took you however long to finally decide, you know what, now is the time to change. And it's it's the time to change for real, because uh, just what again, like what, what Willie said, if you're if you start to. Um, you know, if you were to change things, then you wouldn't have the same exact experience and you wouldn't be the same exact person. So, I mean, I, I, I think that's, that, that applies here also with weight loss. Now, as we get ready to wrap up here, um, I have two things that I want from, from each of you guys. If you have any kind of like parting thoughts for, for any guys that are really kind of struggling with how they see themselves. And then uh, for both of you, but Willie, I think you'll be able to do this absolutely no problem at all. Any kind of, uh, of, of resources as far as study material, you know, books, uh, podcasts, things like that. Uh, anything that you have on, uh, on that front that might be a helpful resource. I, I'd, I'd like for you guys to share it, Willie, since you probably have the list ready. <laughs> to with you first. Um, I, I mean, and I've had a conversation with you, like I've been, I'm working through just body image stuff now, uh, as I'm kind of in this in between yeah. part of like this weight loss journey. Um, and that's something I didn't work on the first time. And, and the thing about it is, you know, uh, it, it, this is a process for me. Like I've, I've been doing this weight loss thing for 10 years. Um, I, I just never worked on body image and it's been, it's this new thing that I'm working on and it's, it's a process. It's, it's not easy. It's, it's going to take myself time. Like I was talking to my therapist yesterday and she was asking me what I was doing, like with just body image and how I'm trying to, kind of circum like kind of how to figure all that stuff out and then i told her i was like i, I look in the mirror and I, and I try to pick two or three things that i think i look good at or uh say or write it down like uh, how i feel about my body like and, and not being in a negative space about it um 
I, I think it, it just it just takes work and it takes effort. And I think that um, if if you have this very skewed version of your body, then you really need to look at the positive uh, parts of your body and, and and appreciate those and don't don't fear towards the negative. Awesome, awesome. Um, any as far as like any specific resources mm-hmm. you mentioned that you're working through this right now um, um that you would direct folks with towards? and i was talking about therapists about this yesterday too um with literature uh with body image there's a lot of it out there but a lot of it is uh, geared towards women um but i think i think a lot of people can take okay. the stuff that is geared towards women and still kind of mold it if it's a, a man's perspective um there's one thing I'm reading now called the Body Image Workbook uh, by Thomas Cash, and that's what I'm working through now. And uh, I think that's a okay. good resource if you want to work through body image. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, Jack, any any final thoughts and any suggestions or recommendations? Uh, I mean, body image is something that I struggle with. You know, um, I've lost a significant amount of weight, and I struggle with seeing the changes. Like I look in the mirror in the morning, I'm just like, no. It's just not here, but you know, I'll post a picture and I'll get lots of comments and support. I'm like, wow, you look so different and blah, and whatnot. And it just, it's hard. Like you have to work yeah. on it every day. Um, I obviously can feel my clothes getting loose because I have to buy new clothes. And even with this year, with, with the pandemic, like I haven't lost as much weight as I have over the past three years, but I had a lot of life change. You know, I had a lot of trauma emotionally and mentally that I went through yeah. and, a relocation back closer to home from North Carolina. So, I mean, there's just a lot, but you know what? I'm coming out on the other side, 20, 25 pounds lighter than I was going into the year. Mm-hmm. Still something. It's not the 100 and 130 pounds I was losing every year before, but hey, I'm still working on it. So um, I was, you know, seeing a therapist earlier this year for, for about four months or so. And the mirror trick, that's, you know, she taught me that too, Willie. So kind of look yeah. in the mirror and say three positive things about yourself. Yep. Um, when you have self-doubt or you say something negative, she also taught me to stop, write down the negative thought, and then write down the actual truth. Because there's a truth that's actually there versus the negative thought that you're having. And so that was another trick. And she told me to store that in a binder and then go back and review that to see if there's a pattern. Um, another thing that I picked up, something that guys can try is just journaling. Like I picked up journaling this year and I haven't used it in probably about three weeks, maybe even more, just so much going on, but it, it was helping, you know, just kind of getting out your thoughts. Um, there's a couple of journals geared toward men and specifically men. And I think they're excellent. And I think it's something that is needed. And then one last thing with body image is don't let, and I'm not, I'm not downing the women, but Women support women with this type of this topic. There are very few women that will support men and uplift men with body image issues. Mm -hmm. But men do not let women dictate what you do to your body. Don't let them say that you have to grow a beard. Don't let them say that you have to have ripped abs. Love you. Love yourself. Do what the hell you want to do and chase after your happiness because you matter. I love that. I, uh, yeah, I, well, and, and I'll tell you as we, uh, what I like about this is we're wrapping up here, but this is something that we can okay. we can dive into again, and I think that the topic for next time would will absolutely be therapy, which I, I think kind of the resounding message from this group is you know going for counseling and therapy yeah. is absolutely a sign of strength, 
Um, and it's, uh, but yeah, that, that will be one that, that was kind of the one that I was thinking about touching on, but I knew you oh, can't yeah. just touch on that because that, that's a whole, uh, that's a whole couple, that's a, that's a whole podcast series in itself. But, um, but no, I, I appreciate you guys hopping on with me today. I, again, this is, this is a really, really important topic and guys, you, you matter, your goals matter. And ultimately, uh, no matter what you've been told or what you think your Absolutely. emotions matter as yeah. well. Emotions for sure. Yeah. And show those emotions, embrace it. That's it. That's the whole thing. So, all right, guys. Well, thank you for hopping right, on with today. Going. We'll talk Thanks, soon. Bro. Okay. Bye. Welcome to the Almost Daily Podcast. This is episode 223, and we are talking about body dysmorphia. This is one of those, again, where if you feel like you're suffering from this condition, please have the conversation with your doctor. That would be the good starting point for any other type of medical attention or treatment that you would need. This is a very serious condition. This is a diagnosed condition. So if you think you suffer from it, talk to your doctor. Um, so that you can get the help that you need, because this is a very, this is a very, uh, this topic hits home to, I I think for everyone on some level, uh, within the weight loss community, I think there's, there's, um, now, I think there's two versions that this particular term gets lumped into. There's the medical version where you've been diagnosed and then there's the part where, um, where you used to look a certain way, you were overweight, and then you constantly either see that person in the mirror when you get the side glance when you're, you know, out in public or you're in front of the, um, or or when you are in front of the mirror, um, and you you see the old you at at the heavier weight, um, or you start fixating and thinking that you know, looking a certain way or weighing a certain way is going to, is going to make you happy. Um, now the answer I think, cause this is and and this will be another one of those episodes where I can really tell you about my personal experience with this and kind of where I was able to get with it. Um, it was never to an extent that I felt that I needed medical, that I needed to be evaluated and, and have some kind of treatment for it. Um, you know, when I was, when I was 18 years old, this is when I had first really gotten through my first round of successful weight loss. Uh, I told you guys that when I was 15 or right before I turned 15, about a month before is when I really started becoming aware of my weight and then over the course of the next couple of years, started exercising, started, you know, eating, actually just, well, I, I was still eating a lot of the same things. I just was not like crushing bags of Cool Ranch Doritos while playing uh, Sega Genesis and PlayStation. So, um, so I started eating better and I'd lost weight. And then, um, and, and then that would have been my junior year of high school. I started reading the men's fitness magazines. Um, not just that one by names like men's fitness, men's health, exercise for men only, all kinds of like, uh, you know, bodybuilder stuff and, and, uh, but in the general, uh, lifestyle type things. And 
that's when I really was like, after reading those, I'm like, I want, I want six pack abs. Who didn't, you know, who doesn't? That's like still, you know, your, your midsection is something that is still uh, really hit on by the, by the publications. And, um, so I wanted that, I wanted that look. And I felt like, I remember this, I'm like, you know, if I get a six pack, the girls are going to want to talk to me. I'll have more confidence. I, I, I can still remember, I, I remember the thought process on this and we're talking almost 20 years later now. And, and, um, so, you know, it's what I, I, I did what I thought I would, which was, I worked out a lot. Um, I remember that summer because that was between, that was between high school and college. I was probably working out, uh, yeah, it was probably an hour, hour and a half a day. And it was probably, um, probably six days a week. And which really, it's funny, like not much different than what I do workout wise now, but what was different is I was constantly thinking about it. So when I wasn't working out, I was reading these magazines and, um, when I wasn't reading the magazines, I was eating a very low calorie, low fat. Cause this, this was still like low fat. This is when I would have been eating some snack wells every once in a while. Cause they didn't have fat in them, but they tasted like cardboard. Um, so, so yeah, it was constantly on my mind and I was doing, uh, all kinds of ab workouts to the point once where I remember I had, I had, a, like, I had a visible bruise cause I was overtraining them so much. And, um, but I, I ended up, I mean, I dropped weight and I would say that and this happened twice. This happened once then, then while I was, uh, in high school in the summer after. And then, and then I, I took a year off from that and I was uh, then wanting to bulk up. Um, so again, I was still, I was working out then, my gosh, that year I was probably working out almost two hours a day and it was probably six or seven days a week. This is like, this was my hobby then. I just loved exercising. I loved working out and, um, but I was gaining weight. But then after that, after that year, I decided I wanted to get really slim again and the abs were the way to do it. And this time I remember my, my go-to meal was a can of tuna with, cause high protein and with barbecue sauce, and then um, I would microwave that and put cheese on it. It was like it's tuna barbecue. It was disgusting, but it was low fat. It was high protein, and then I ate a lot of like um, chicken and vegetables, grilled chicken and vegetables. I had a George Foreman grill back then. Um, but what happened? So I, I was I was fixated and focused on this stuff all the time. At that point, I was still reading the magazine. See, this was like when the internet was really kind of starting. You know, AOL was was big. Google was around. Yahoo was around. But like, you weren't. I was aware that Men's Health had a website, and I would go on there and look at articles. But it wasn't. Most of my reinforcement was I would go through. I, I mean, I had a subscription to the magazines. And I would go through back issues and I always would look at the ab, like the ab issues. So my whole thought was if I get the abs, like, you know, it it was, it was all about the abs. So the, but the way I was eating to, to get my weight this low was, 
it was low fat. Um, and that nasty, oh my gosh, that nasty tuna barbecue. Uh, but then I was, I, I mean, so first it was really, really restrictive low fat. Then it was a lot of, um, protein bars. And, um, this is also when I was doing the Taco Bell diet to some extent. No, that might've been, that actually might've been a year later. Actually a year later, I was actually in a, in a really good place with this stuff. But as of right now, so we're looking at 2002, um, it was still all about the abs and, you know, my, a lot of my confidence and a lot of my self-worth was going to be like, I have to get the stomach. I have to look this way. And, you know, and, and like I got there. So, and, but what was funny is like, do a thing. The only thing I, like the only thing I really was when I had the six pack was hungry. And it was like, I, I, then I, I, then I really started thinking about food all the time. Um, cause it was interesting when I was a kid, I used to eat to kind of cope and deal with feelings. Like I mentioned eating the cool ranch Doritos while playing video games. So that's, that's, that's how I coped with a lot of things. And then, but when I went to, I, it's funny cause the first time I went to lose weight, I told you it took me a couple of years. And like, I just, I remember like, I just stopped drinking regular soda. You know, I stopped drinking uh, Fruitopia. You guys remember Fruitopia? We're talking like 19, we're talking like 1996, 97 with those. I haven't seen those in forever. Um, but, but, um, I, I didn't have like, it was just like, well, stop drinking the sugary drinks, stop eating a lot of candy and exercise. And then, so the first time through, like it was, it just was like something I did. But that was before, so I was losing weight without, you know, really getting into the weight loss, weight loss culture, you know, but once I started reading the magazines, um, you know, I'm looking at, at the articles on how to get the abs. And I remember all my gosh, all the time, especially that first year is when, um, EAS or not EAS was later, um, Metrex was, was, um, I think that's how you say it. It's funny. Like they were the only sports nutrition company that I was buying stuff for. I didn't even know how to pronounce the name, um, metrics or, or yeah, I think it's just metrics, um, M-E-T hyphen R-X. Uh, but oh my gosh, I, I then started eating bars. Okay. And then I started drinking shakes. Cause like I, when I lost the weight, I lit, like I was just eating food. It wasn't even quote unquote good food. Like I would go to Wendy's and get a grilled chicken sandwich or, you know, I'd go to McDonald's and get a grilled chicken sandwich or, you know, like I just, it just wasn't, um, I, I, like I was just doing this stuff and now there, there was no real thought to it and how I'm getting this to, and it's really crazy because as I'm having this conversation with you, uh, cause that's what this is turning into, <laughs> that's what this is. Um, is, uh, as I started really getting into the weight loss culture is when I really became, a, a, you know, aware or thinking that looking a certain way would make me happy. And I remember going back to that year, uh, between high school and college that summer between high school and college, they actually had a men's health 18. So this was geared towards teenagers 
and I still, oh my God, I like, I still remember the cover of this. I had one episode, there was one issue of it and it was this dude, um, he's holding a football and he's like, you know, grinning or whatever, yelling. And, but he, he's, he was built like a chiseled lean wide receiver. I remember, I remember seeing this and, but like the whole image I, uh, when you saw this picture, it was this guy's happy. This guy's got confidence. This guy's got abs, clearly, because the abs are are the focal point of the magazine. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it's funny because when I, that, that really, it's like I lost the weight, but then when I lost the weight, now it's time to get into the whole, I, I got to be better. And then when I, st- you know, I got to, you know, I'll get the abs, I'll read up on this stuff. I'll read the the fitness magazines. The fitness magazines are telling me to get the abs. So I'm going to get the abs. This again, like this is before the internet stuff. Okay. So the whole thing, I think for a lot of us is that what we see constantly when we're aware of stuff outside of our own situation around the stuff that we're doing, um, that's where we start to have issues with things that's where we start to fixate on things that maybe we can't control or we think that things are going to make us happy that really if you get there you're going to find that you're really left holding an empty bag and I think in the community that we're in where there are so many very supportive people there's also a lot of of information some of that information is meant to be misleading and it's meant to to get us to focus on our insecurities and it's meant to get us to feel that if we look a certain way, take a certain product, use a certain service, that that's going to fix us and quote unquote. And it it's hard because when you start to have progress, and I think that this is true for anybody within weight loss, you, you're still going to see that old you at times and you just don't know how to handle that. You're like, what the the hell? Like I was trying to get away from this. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to see this person anymore looking back at me. I'm not that person anymore. And then it's like, you know, wait a minute. You can go one of two directions with this. You can continue to look at that person, pick apart what you see in the mirror and say, Oh, I see the old me. That's not good enough. Or you can start to look at that person and say, you know what? We're doing this together. And wherever you are right now is good enough. We're going to put the work in we need to do. And we're going to get to where we need to go. This will not happen overnight. You're going to think you're doing so well with being body positive and accepting yourself in your own skin. And then all of a sudden it'll hit you out of nowhere. How you handle that determines how successful you're going to be, how happy you're going to be. I measure success in a fitness program with your happiness with the process. That's success. Because there's certain things that have to happen regardless. You're going to have to put work in. You're like, you're going to have to exercise. You're going to have to follow an eating plan. But it really is kind of the relationship you have with yourself and the process that you're going through that determines how successful you'll be. And this this actually has been 
this has been a fun episode to do because as I'm telling you this, I, I had when this when this topic came up, and I'm not going to because of the nature of the topic, I'm not really I'm not gonna say who suggested it unless they say, Hey, you should tell everybody about me, then I will. Um you know, it, I didn't I know that we all deal with this um, to some extent within the community, like it happens to everybody. And that if you feel that at some, if you feel you're dealing with it um, because there's so much intensity around it, if you think you have it, talk to your doctor and figure it out because, you know, it's not, I can say now look in the mirror and love yourself because I do that. But it can, it became very clear to me, really, honestly, not until I started telling you this, like my own history of it, just how how indifferent I was when I actually lost weight the first time. And I told you, it took me years to do it. I didn't care. Like, it, it didn't bother me. I, I think I remember, like, I remember when I would go down a jean size and then a shirt size. I was happy with that. That was cool. It was before we were all posting about non-scale victories, but I didn't, like, I didn't care. And then all of a sudden, when I quote-unquote, I'm saying quote-unquote a lot here, when I started to become educated on the industry, well, then I felt like I had problems. What is that about? And I can tell you exactly what it's about. It's about mainstream publications and mainstream information being thrown at us that we are not who we need to be. And if we do a certain... And if we do follow a certain program or a certain routine, that we're going to like ourselves. That's going to make us happy. That's the missing piece. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Because you have everything that you need inside you right now to like and then love yourself. You're just going to have to work at it. And part of that work because I don't know where your individual situation is right now, is going to be talking to your doctor about it. And it might be escalated beyond that to where you talk to a specialist or you get counseling, but you know what? It would be worth it. Now, I can't tell you how somehow from being overweight and, and being totally obsessed with having a washboard stomach and putting my value in myself on how my appearance was at one point to then, you know, losing all my hair, um, you know, look, really becoming aware of, not, well, I was always aware, but I mean, having the physical disability, like, I, I, I'm not sure how I have the view of myself now that I do, but I'm so thankful that I have it. I mean, I can look literally like when I'm, when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, I can't, I'm sure there's times I look at myself. I'm like, "Eh, you might want to do, you might want to do something a little bit extra, but I'll tell you, normally when I look in the mirror, I'm like, dude, you're looking good. And like, I'll catch myself. Um, like I've told you, like the stuff that irritates me is the, the, the facial expressions people have out in public when they see me, like I'll see myself walking and full, like 
I'll see the full size in the mirror and, and I'm like, yeah, dude, rock it. I, I don't know. I don't know exactly how I did it or when it happened. It had to have been gradual because this isn't one of those things where you just wake up one night and love or one morning and love yourself. I don't think, I think it takes time. And I think it, it absolutely can take a team. Um, to help you get there because they're so, oh my gosh, the messages don't stop. The messages that focus and fixate on our insecurities don't stop. Now, I don't know what it's going to take for you to look in the mirror and realize where you are right now. I don't care how much you weigh. I don't care, um, you know, I, I don't care what you look like. You're enough right now. And if you're deciding that you're going to um, lose weight, get in better shape, and you're doing this for you, and you also you know, want to be there for some family and such, and some friends, then yeah, you're going to do it to better yourself. But just realize right now, you are enough. And if you're fixating on, if you're thinking that there's things within your, with your body and the way you look that are going to make you feel better about yourself, doesn't matter what somebody else tells you in an advertisement or otherwise, doesn't matter how much you spend, doesn't matter to, to quote unquote fix, that stuff's not going to make you happy. You're going to find other stuff to fix. How screwed up is that, man? I just... Body dysmorphia is real. We all, I think, in this community have had to deal with it from some, at some point or another. My hope for you is that you're able to recognize when stuff is being pushed at your insecurities and really drilling down on, on those. Because... That's a tactic to get you to feel like you're not enough. If you feel like you're not enough, you're going to spend money on some stupid shit on an empty promise, on a bunch of empty promises. Um, I just, and then it just hit me how much profanity I've actually put in this uh, this particular episode. This stuff, this stuff gets me though. I, I more than anything else. Marketing and selling based on somebody's insecurities is absolute garbage. It's, it to me is the lowest of the low. Because you're making promises about a product or a service or something. And you're directly or indirectly. I don't care if you're not directly making the statement. If you're making a statement that implies that this particular product is going to make somebody happy or with themselves, I have no tolerance. None. I don't. But Daryl, you sell in the fitness industry. I do. I sell the skill set that people are going to be able to build their own lifestyle and are going to have the skills to actually focus on the things they're doing right instead of focusing on the things that they feel they don't have. 
I design things to help people realize how awesome they actually are and that they have all the stuff they need right now. And I sell them on a better relationship with an active lifestyle for the rest of their life. And I do feel like myself and the other folks within this within the fitness industry that have had enough of this garbage. It's like we're on opposing sides with the industry. Because the same stuff still goes on. Still goes on. See the magazines. You'll see them over the holidays. You know. Lose however many pounds by New Year's Day. (laughs) The quick and easy fix. No quick and easy fix to this stuff, guys. There shouldn't be. Like, you, you... It's so... The process should not bother you. Like, it is the most enjoyable part of all of this. Why would you want to rush it? You want to rush it because the magazines tell you six weeks. The Instagram posts tell you 14 days. <laughs> they're wrong. Good Lord, they're wrong. I'm telling you as somebody that... Like, I just told you, step by step, the issues that I went through... Like thinking I wasn't enough or thinking I had to look a certain way. And before any of that, when I, when I had lost weight the first time without getting into any of this, like this fitness media nonsense garbage, like I was just cool with the process. Oh man, man, oh man, we're going to change this industry, you and me. (laughs) <laughs> and hopefully a few other people. We're going to do it. There, it, it is, it, There's so much of a space here for actually enjoying the process that you're going through and building the lifestyle that you want and getting the outcome that you're looking for. By the way, you can still lose weight. Your weight's going to respond. If you do the things that you're... That, that are within your control and you figure out how to, to accept like, and then hopefully love yourself. You still got to put the work in, but you can do it. And I just, I feel because I, I remember that, like, you know, I feel for anybody that doesn't think their body is enough. That doesn't think that thinks changing something is going to make them feel better about themselves. I feel for them because I was them. But I I I was in that situation because I bought into the BS. Now it's not always just the fitness magazines, it could also be you know, what people say to you as you're growing up or as you're an adult. I mean, that, that stuff sticks with you. (sighs) But again, if you suffer from body dysmorphia, which I know so many people do, talk to your doctor, take the steps that need to be taken and find ways to really work on accepting yourself. The biggest thing for me 
was just looking at myself in the mirror and saying I was enough until I believed it. Wasn't a one-day thing either. You do it over and over, and eventually it, it, you know, you do believe it. And then you get in a situation where you see other people dealing with this, and you feel, you just, you feel for them. Because you know it eats away at them, and they're like, they're so hopeful that this one thing is going to make them feel better about themselves. And then you just have absolute disdain for the industry because the industry goes on and the industry is now teaching a new generation of people to not like themselves. Like I just thought about that. It's like people that weren't even alive when I was, uh, thumbing through that men's health 18 they're now falling into the same patterns and the same traps oh yeah um talk to your doctor and know that you're not alone and know know that you're enough however you look however you feel right now it doesn't matter whatever your size whatever your your appearance is none of it you're enough that's all I really have <laughs> um, normally I would ask for you to email me your thoughts on this I'm happy to have conversations um on email or, or Instagram, but I'm, I'm telling you, like, if you're seriously dealing with this, you, you need to make sure that you talk to a doctor about it, your doctor, and not Dr. Instagram, <laughs> or Dr. Facebook, um, or WebMD. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Um, if you know of anyone that's dealing with body dysmorphia, I ask that you share this episode with them. Um, just... This uh, this is a tough topic, but it's a common topic. There's a lot of people that are struggling with it. But um, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you again real soon.